Hi, this is Jamie Penwell from the Right State Guardian. Hi, this is Natalie Cunningham. Hi, this is Maxwell from the Right State Guardian. Do you have a moment to answer a few questions? Right State Guardian, Alexa speaking. This is Roxanne Racer from the Right State Guardian. This is Shadi from the Guardian. How are you doing today? Hi, this is Claire from the Right State Guardian. From the newsroom of the Right State Guardian, this is Radio Report. Hey, Raiders. We are coming to you from the production room of WWSU, and we are with the Wright State Guardian. My name is Marissa Couch, and I am the news editor, and I'm here with... Mackenzie Hefferlin. I am a campus reporter for the Wright State Guardian. So we're going to start our very first episode of Raider Report by talking about a couple of our most recent articles that have gone up. All right, so I'll start first. Uh, One of the more interesting articles that I've written for the Wright State Guardian involved collaborating with The Northerner, which is the student newspaper over at NKU. So with this article, we I worked together with Sierra Newton. She is the sports editor over there. And we wrote this article together, and we were actually able to host uh, members of the Northerner at our NKU versus WSU basketball game. So we basically worked together, and we highlighted the rivalry that has been going back for years and years between Wright State and NKU. So that was just a really unique article, and it really just goes back and forth between the 2015-2016 season all the way up to current. And you can see how we just take turns like winning and losing each other's games and going to the championships. Like, it's crazy. And I really enjoyed working on the article with somebody from a different news production. Yeah, that article was really cool. And it was really interesting because this kind of all stemmed from a conference that we went to over the summer, which we got to meet a lot of the people from the Northerner. And that was kind of a running joke, the fact that we are such such big competitors, but both news organizations, we really got on really well. And it was really cool. Yeah, definitely. And I think at the end of the night, we were all really happy to have met everyone. But I think NKU was a little sad that it wasn't the outcome that they wanted, of course, because uh, WSU uh, pretty much swept them out from their feet. We won by a lot. Uh, It was really nice meeting everybody. Yeah, that was super cool. So one of my more recent articles is one of our Dayton's Not Dead pieces. And these are so much fun to write. I never get bored of finding new places in the area to highlight. And um, I actually got to talk with Kristen Domka of Gem City Sober Bar, which is not an actual location, fun fact. She is a business that is kind of just getting off the ground and she's really looking to collaborate with places to be able to host at the venues. So that was a really cool change of pace that she's kind of this like nomad that is really starting to take off in the area. So if you don't know what a sober bar is, it's where you can get any sort of drink that is not alcoholic. So it's a lot of mocktails and it's kind of just to support the atmosphere of like going out and meeting people without getting crazy and and drunk. Yeah, I really like that. I think it's really unique how we're able to highlight different places in Dayton because a lot of these places, before I read these articles, I have never heard of them. Mm-hmm. And it makes me want to like go out and interact with the Dayton community <laughs> because I'm sorry, but Marissa is just so great at writing these articles. <laughs> but it's really cool. Like If you're just looking for some place to visit that you've never been before or you're looking for just a great place to have coffee – visit our website because we actually work like that. Like you could just read some of our articles and find a cool place to like go have some coffee or something. 
Yeah, the Dayton's Not Dead pieces have been my absolute favorite because I've learned so much. I'm from like 15 minutes away from here. So I, I think I'm pretty familiar with the Dayton area for the most part, but I literally learn something new every time, even though I've lived here my entire life. And so have you. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to move on to another one of the articles that I've written pretty recently. So I wrote it for Black History Month, and I kind of wanted to just dive into some of the resources that are open for Black students here on campus. And one of the big ones that I came across was the Belinga Black Cultural Resource Center. I found out that they're in between directors right now. So Tanya Mathis is currently the interim director. And Chris Hogan, I guess he's not the director anymore. So that was kind of interesting to kind of learn about because you know, I hadn't known anything about it. But from what I've heard, they're a big part of the Black culture here at Wright State, and they're a big resource for a lot of people who go there. And I also got to meet Savannah Ray Jackson, and she's the president of Black Women Striving Forward. And she is a big supporter of Belinga, and she did not hesitate to talk highly about the Belinga Black Cultural Resource Center. So it was really great to kind of delve into kind of what other people thought about the cultures and the resources here at Wright State on campus. Yeah, that is really cool. Those organizations, they're awesome. I've worked with them before specifically, and it's just really nice to be able to highlight those organizations that don't always necessarily get a lot of attention. So I think that was a really good article. Yeah, definitely. And I do think that based on some of the responses that I got from students, that still more needs to be done Mm -hmm. as well as as far as representation for our culturally diverse campus because our campus is pretty diverse I would say and so I think still a little bit more needs to be done but I think we're headed in the right direction yeah I agree that's awesome so another article that I wrote recently that really hit close to home was our article about the Guardian office and the office of communications getting broken into. So obviously we work right out of our guardian office and it was a big shock to find out over our holiday break that some of our stuff had gone missing. So it was um, something that I did not take very lightly. This was a big undertaking that I wanted to make sure everyone knew and still kind of, you know, recovering from our office being broken into like that. I mean, especially for me, I wasn't writing the article and it was a surprise to me when I learned that the communications office had been stolen from Mm -hmm. too. And that was big because it was like, well, it didn't just happen to us. Like it happened to somebody else too. Like it's an actual problem and it's harder to blame it on somebody in our office if it happened somewhere else too. Because I think that was the big thing was because when things are stolen from our office, it's like we're the only ones that are able to be in there. Mm -hmm. But You have to wonder. (laughs) Yeah, you have to wonder. And I think that was the biggest thing. It's like, you know, you want to trust everybody. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it was stuff was stolen from the communications office too, I think just kind of helped us accept like, hey, like this wasn't our fault. Like we didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. And another crazy turn of events of the story where the – Mac Pro that went missing from the communications office was put up for sale on Craigslist. So that was uh, something I didn't know about till I was going over the police report. So that was interesting. And at this point, we don't have any further information, but that's definitely something we're going to be staying right on top of. 
Yeah, I think that's something that we're going to have to follow because, I mean, I want answers. Mm -hmm. I want to know who stole from our office and who stole from the communications office. That's huge. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I think in our office, it was over two grand that uh, we had in loss. And then in the communication office, 3,500. So it was almost 6,000 total. Yeah, and we really rely on all of this equipment for our photos Mm -hmm. and all the videos that we take. So if you ever feel inclined, um, you can feel free to get on our website. There's a link for you to donate. And really every dollar counts. We're just doing everything we can to try to make money to get to buy this equipment back because we rely on it so much. Yeah, it's really hard to be a news organization and not have cameras. (laughs) Yeah, for real. On a more positive note, at the beginning of February, I was able to go to the Leader to Leader 2020 conference. It was held just in the student union. And I think it's really important for just young emerging leaders or people who want to really strengthen their leadership skills to go. There were several speakers there, and it was a really eye-opening experience for me, especially just being a freshman. I learned so much. One of the keynote speakers was Dave Kelly, and he did an amazing job. And really, it wasn't just somebody standing up there speaking. He just had the way that he presented was really engaging And the things that he talked about were really important. So just a few things going over. Another one of the speakers that was there who I really enjoyed listening to was Lance Sawyers. He gave a presentation talking about his acronym, which is IDEAS, which stands for Integrity, Discipline, Excellence, Accountability, and Simplicity. And I thought some of the metaphors that he made like really stuck with me. Sawyers said, excellence is like the candle in a dark room. It sticks out. It is not a function of being number one. If everybody else sucks, being number one is really not that great. It means you won. Being excellent is not about winning. It's constantly getting better compared to who you are. So he also talked about being accountable and reliable. Uh, He also said, people don't have to check up on you, just like the chairs you sit in. You didn't check them first before you actually leave your weight on them. You know you can trust it. That's what it means to be accountable for people in your organization. So some of these things that were said... You kind of just had to be there and hear the whole conversation. And I think that's something that I really want to try to do next year is encourage a lot of people to go to the Leader to Leader conference because it was really important to me. Yeah, that's awesome. Those are really good analogies, too. I'm bummed that I couldn't be there. Yeah, it was a great experience. And we actually had a pretty good turnout. And I think a lot of people mentioned that it was a class requirement that they went or they had to go to be an RA. But Mm -hmm. they learned that it was actually really enjoyable and a good use of their time so and this is something right state does every year and it's free and you get two free meals don't you yeah um (laughs) you get breakfast and you get lunch free and i think it's just really useful skills they have a different theme every year and it's completely student-led yeah so that's also really important students are putting it on that have been there previously and that's how they know how to be a leader so i thought that was really cool yeah that's awesome So a couple weeks ago, one of my stories went up about the archives in the library. I don't know if everyone knows that these are even there. So I thought this was going to be a really interesting thing to dive into. They are on the fourth floor of the Dunbar Library, and it is currently under construction to be moved across the street in the old headquarters of Wright Pat Carter Union. So it's been a couple years since this was voted on by the Board of Trustees, and I just went in to investigate and see what was going on and to be able to kind of give everyone an update on the progress of the move. So I talked to a couple different people, and Don Dewey let me know that the archives were 
at a point where they were occupying 8,000 square feet of the fourth floor of the library as well as 4,000 in the bottom of Medsai. And their new location is going to have 30,000 square feet. And that's going to be big move, I guess. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I didn't even know that the library had all of those archives up there. So yeah. I feel like they're going to have to just do a lot of making sure people know mm-hmm. like that they're moving and that's where they're going to be. So people know where to get their resources from. Yeah. And when I talked to Dawn as well, she was talking about how much outreach they do, not even just for students, but like for elementary schools in the area Mm -hmm. and just there's so much interesting stuff there that there's always something going on that's just really cool and I feel like it's something that's kind of underrated around here yeah definitely and even though it's moving off of Wright State's campus I feel like it'll almost be more accessible because it's all going to be in the same place exactly Mm -hmm. Dawn had said too that she's a lot of the time they're running back and forth from the top floor of the library to the basement of MedSci. And so if you're familiar with campus, you know that those two buildings are not very close to each other. So she's putting in a lot of footwork. That's like basically going from the Creative Arts Center to the Student Union. Yeah. Which I had to do last semester and it was not fun. Yeah, you're definitely, by the time you get to where you're going, you're like breathing heavy and like, okay, I'm here now. I'm going to stay here for a while. Yeah, Definitely. Even though the archives are moving off campus, they're still going to be a part of the library organization. And Don made a really big point about that, that it's going to stay connected. So like you said, even though they're moving, they're it's not really going to change much other than giving them more of the resources they need and being able to control their environment like they need to for those sort of things that might need specific temperatures or however to be able to be restored like that. Yeah, definitely. I feel like some students are going to be concerned about how am I going to get there or things like that. But I feel like the campus bus is going to be going there. Maybe that could be another stop or something. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's a really good point. Because I know that's what they did for the new physician's Mm -hmm. location. That's just going to be another stop on the campus bus. Right. They're not going to move it off campus and be like, no, we're not going to have any way for you to get there. Like that's that's just kind of silly. All right, I'm going to move on to another one of my stories that I particularly love telling people about because it was not what I expected. This so, is the best story you have ever written. <laughs> down. I love this one. So I had a class in the Creative Arts Center. I'm going to call it the CAC because a lot of people do anyway. But I had a class in the CAC last semester, and I was really curious about this one elevator. It had all of these written words in it, and it wasn't just like, oh, one student wrote it here, one student wrote here. No, it was like the whole entire elevator was full of just like one person's handwriting. Like it looked like somebody had gone insane and just started like (laughs) writing everything that came to their mind. Like it was crazy. So we were at a meeting of course we had to pitch ideas and I was like hey Sarah like I want to write about this elevator that has words in it and she was like uh sure okay well fast forward to the middle of the next week and after a string of emails trying to figure out like who did it like was it art students was it a professor I finally get an interview and this is with Glenn Sebulash he's the director of the art and history department here at Wright State and I'm not going to lie. It was really weird because I sat down for the interview and he was like, I don't I'm I don't think I'm going to be able to give you what you want and I just have no credibility and I'm like just try to answer my questions and we'll see how it goes, you know. And 
I was expecting a story like, oh, you know, some art students did this. Us professors got together and rode on the elevator. We thought it'd be cool, I guess. I don't know. Well, that is not what happened. So this professor goes on to tell me that a mysterious artist contacted him through email and asked him to do these art projects, one of which included writing words on an elevator. And I was so confused. He even walked me around campus to show me all of the projects that he did because it wasn't limited to just the elevator. So this mysterious artist that contacted him through email, I guess, I don't know, all of the emails are deleted. We don't have proof of literally anything. Just going by the word of this professor, but it's a German name. It's Betrugkunst. I I don't take German. I don't know how to pronounce German. (laughs) It's wild. So this artist has just been mysteriously contacting him, asking him to do these art projects. And I guess he just thought that he wanted to spread the art. So he did them. And he's had to, like, even ask permission for to get into, like, several places. Whoa. Uh, yeah, because some of the other projects that he did, like, he painted pipes pink. By the way, all of these projects you can see in the Creative Arts Center. Uh, he painted pipes pink and he set up this easel like this golden easel I don't even know in the basement of the creative arts center and he hasn't had any contact with this artist in a couple months I think the last contact he got was November and he said it started around the time of the strike I don't I mean we don't know if that has anything to do with it but yeah it was just a really wild ride not what I was expecting at all that's such a long time frame to like continue to be contacted by this mysterious person too and just like doing what they're saying yeah he said that he spent 10 hours on each project like he has spent so much of his time just on these art projects that aren't even his like he he kept reiterating to me he's like i am the one doing the artwork but it is not my art i am i am not the artist weird yeah and all of these emails are gone yes supposedly (laughs) I don't know, but yeah, it was definitely a very interesting story. Uh, Not what I expected when I went into the interview. So it was really fun to kind of see that from start to finish. Yeah, that is seriously like the best part of this job is we go in on Fridays and have these pitch meetings and we have one idea for our story and then you go into your interview and you never know what's going to happen or what's going to come up. So when things like that happen or like when I was saying with Dayton's not dead, like we're constantly learning so many things about our surroundings that we would have never expected. Yeah. And I think part of it is just asking questions. Yeah. Which Sarah says all the time. (laughs) Uh She's like, if you don't have a story idea, just start asking questions. So that's what I did. And it got me a really good story. So it works. (laughs) All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode of Raider Report. Let us know how you're listening. If you're listening from WWSU or if you have found it on our website. Yeah, definitely. And we hope to see you back here next week.